So Lord, we're just so grateful um, to have this time together as women. We're so thankful that um, we live in a country where it's safe to do this, where we can come together without fear um, of what's going to happen to our family or anything like the persecuted church across the world faces. Lord, we just ask that your presence would fall upon this room and that we would hear your voice so clearly tonight while we have this conversation. I ask that you would bless Robin for the time she's sacrificing to be here with us tonight and, and all of these ladies, Lord, that the investment they've made, the sacrifice of time, that you would honour that back to them um, and that they would walk away from here really equipped and empowered to um, look at what they're in in a new perspective or, um, yeah, just a fresh way to look at things. So, Lord, we thank you for this evening and we just ask that you would be glorified amongst us tonight. Amen. So I would love to invite Robin to come and join us. Thank you, Robin. We're so, so happy to have Robin here with us. Um, obviously, most of you would have heard that Robin has recently been appointed as our missions pastor, um, which is just super exciting because um, if some of you know, you would have a bit of an idea of what Robin brings to the table, just a wealth of experience um, in the international aid and development, is that right? Yeah, that'll do. <laughs> There's a special way to say it and I don't ever get it right. Um, so, just a, a quick little introduction. I'm sure some of you have known Robin for a really long time, and I think others of you, this may be maybe your first time getting to know Robbie a little bit. Um, most of you would know Robin is the wife of John, our senior pastor. Um, 25 years, is that right? Wow, 25 years, and 24 of those in ministry. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. Can we hear Robin okay? Can I? Yeah, yeah awesome, lovely. Um, so, and you have two little ones, not so little anymore. No, Jake? Jake is, um, yeah, it's a bit... 14? Is that funny? Okay. Um, Jake's nearly 14 and he towers above me now when I'm not wearing tall shoes, which is now the reason why I wear tall shoes. Um, <laughs> and Liam is nine and um, he's in grade five. So they're very different. I think anyone who's um, seen them, they're very different in personality and that definitely stretches us as parents. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So um, with your international aid and development work that you've been doing, that's been for the majority of your professional career, hasn't it? Mm, yeah, that's Yeah, right. and that's taken you, obviously, all over the world? Yeah, I've been to every continent, I think. And, wow. Um, yeah, I think we added up something like 70 or 80 countries. Um, that's so awesome. had a lot of exposure and felt very blessed to be able to see so many cultures. And yeah, That's brilliant. Understand it. Now, I just want to kind of um, change gears and not, not go too deep too quick. I don't know if all of you listen to um, Pastor Joe and Scotty McKinnon's podcast, Going Deeper. They have this new thing that they've been doing this season uh, where they're asking kind of like five hot questions, kind of quick off-the-cuff stuff to give you a little bit of insight into the inner workings of the mind of their guests. Do you mind, Robbie, if oh. I... I haven't <laughs> run these questions past Robin, so this is going to be a little bit... Are they the same as their podcast? No, heck no. Got to do something different. I don't know the answer to what do you say if a penguin walks in with right? a sombrero. I'm not I, don't think, I don't think anybody knows that one. Sure. No. So, well, okay. I thought I would pick things that I have no idea what the answer right, is either, so I've known you for a little while. Actually, before we do that, I just want to share a little, I didn't even tell you I was going to share this, <laughs> but my first memory of Robin is just such a special memory to me. Um, we were on, who remembers Max Camp? Anyone? Yes. We were on Max Camp and it was out at, oh, I don't know, Lake something, and 
we had to do this kind of scavenger hunt through the bush and Robbie was partnered up with me and we had to run to all these different places. Now, back then... I'm sorry already. <laughs> no, no, don't think you have nothing to apologise for. Just wait. So, Robin, in, in her... Um, youth maybe um, was a really really yes, fit it is a long time ago, so in my youth <laughs> really um prime condition athlete i don't eat, i'm so unathletic i don't even know how to explain it so she was in great condition but my experience in this moment um, we started running off to the first place and i was able to keep up really easily and i was like oh this is brilliant Robin's a triathlete, look at me, keeping up with her. And it inspired me to like run harder and faster. And I was, in my mind, we, I was keeping up with Robin. It was ages later that my brain finally realised, no, Robbie would have been going so slow for herself. <laughs> and, but that's, that has been my experience of you, that you go, okay, well, I could power on and smash through this and get it done or whatever. But if I dial it back a bit, it, it gives grace for that person to kind of raise up and feel confident alongside me and we can walk through this together, literally walk through this together. <laughs> and so that's, that was my first experience of wow. you. And so that was the filter through which I experienced all the rest of you. So I just thought I'd share that with Thanks. you because that was a really nice. cool kind of foundation to who you've been yep. in my life. So yeah, that's a special memory. Anyway, back to these questions. Okay. All right. Let so the pain begin. Yeah, yeah. I think you'll survive. So, sweet or savoury? Are you a sweet girl or a... Well, I was sweet until I had my kids, and okay. that's how I knew I was pregnant, because I, like, craved oh. savoury, and then I've since become more savoury. Okay. Mm. Favourite savoury dish? Uh, that's not one of the questions. <laughs> Salt and vinegar chips. Oh, really? That's really cool. I love how we're all so different. <laughs> I hate salt and vinegar chips. That's awesome. More for you. That's great. Okay, changing gears completely. First thing that attracted you to Pastor Robertson? Uh, he had a car. Hey. <laughs> Very attractive. What age was this? Well, he was nearly five years older than me, and wow. sorry, Mum, but he had a car. We could go places. That's awesome. I love that. That's so good. Okay, what about um, environment hot or cold? Would you rather be hot or rather be cold? Oh, I'd rather be hot. Yeah? Yeah. And so you would be then a, a beach versus mountain kind of girl? You prefer I don't the... mind mountains, but yeah. I have to be warm. I hate yeah, being yeah. cold yeah. and I'm always cold. So, okay, yeah. no worries. Um, do you have a secret talent that we don't know about, like a party trick? You don't have to do it, but do you have like a hidden <laughs> secret um, talent? Yeah, well, I think my secret talent is how quickly I can clean the house compared oh, nice. to my husband. Okay. Oh, we won't tell him you said that. He won't hear any of the recordings or anything. Okay, so Joshua. We're looking at Joshua tonight. Yeah. When we chatted a little bit about this evening and you said that story just resonated so deeply with you, I was a little surprised because you're a bit of a, like, girl power, empower and equip the women of the world, and then the Bible character that you kind of were affiliating with in this moment, season of your life, is not a female character. So why Joshua? Um, yeah, well, I think if you want to hear what I really get jazzed up about, you'll have to come to the women's conference because they will deep dive into some female so Bible exciting. characters then. A uh, little plug for you, Sarah, where are you? Are? <laughs> yeah? Yes. Um, but actually, um, for me in this season, I was really struck with the journey that um, and yeah. the leadership legacy. And I suppose um, people seeing a, a 
a prophetic leader lead people to step into their destiny? Um, and also just how Joshua had to learn to partner with God and mm. understand how to move in his yeah. presence and, yeah. and really get through some Absolutely. times of deep defeat. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, he had a real journey of discovering God's like unwavering faithfulness through some mm. tough times. Absolutely. So... I noticed as, as we kind of unpacked the idea a little bit, there wasn't just a parallel with Joshua. There was a bit of a, a backstory parallel with Moses as well in, in that process. Mm. Can you share a little bit more with us about how that parallels with your story to now? Yeah, uh, I suppose I have to go back a little bit. And for people, not everybody who's here would maybe have tracked with Kenmore Baptist Church to River Life. Um, but I think there's some... Um, really strong parallels and I, I did make a few notes because I was worried we'd get off track so I like to chat. It's very possible. Um, but I think um, for me just I suppose journeying um, when dad first came up here in Expo 88 he was called by the church up here to come mm -hmm. and um, we as a family then made a move at the beginning of 89 and I remember driving up and it, over that hump coming along the highway into Brisbane where you see Brisbane and then we had two sets of keys and I remember going straight to the church or <laughs> mum may disagree with the details but I think this is what we did. We, ha we went straight to the church because I remember thinking why wouldn't we go to see where we're going to live mm. and um, I remember that there was you know I can't remember where mum and Dave were in this, but I do remember standing with dad on the, the balcony of the hall in the upper um, area of the church, and he was looking out over the gully, which at that time didn't have any houses. And, um, and it was only 180 people, I think, that were made the congregation up. So maybe not even, mm. I don't know how many people are here, but not that, that many compared to now. Yeah. And um, I remember him saying, just sort of going, we're going to need more land. We're going to need more land for what God wants to do with the church. That's and I, I remember feeling kind of really fascinated by that because this felt like a massive church compared to what we had coming from Melbourne. And um, But also sort of... Uh, you know, naive, I suppose, and not seeing in the spiritual mm. what, what that really stood for and, and this significance in God's story. And I, I suppose I, I feel a little bit like... I imagine what Joshua would have been thinking as he sort of yeah. saw Moses doing a lot of stuff and he'd probably been younger and there was sort of an excitement about it, but mm. maybe not really understanding the magnitude yeah. of, of the what was going ahead of him. I think mm. that this passage also speaks to me about the battles um, that the Israelites went through and Moses and then yeah. the transition. Um, you know, there was being a kid and being a a wife as well of people in ministry in this church, seeing the battle that went on, um, the four mm -hmm. sort of efforts to secure yeah. land that we now have today, um, you know, Lucian and Rob McConaughey mm -hmm. and um, Mark and, and Dad, you know, really just um, fighting against some pretty big stuff. I mean, yeah. Jim Sawley was, said, not on my watch will I let you get approvals to build the church and yeah. so you know there was a really behind the scenes there was a lot that went into fighting for what we now enjoy today um, and I and I think the other one was seeing the transition of leadership um, this story speaks to me a lot because yeah. I, you know I've been up close and personal seeing the transition of someone who wasn't just my dad but was mm -hmm. my pastor for all of those years and then to see the transition and the journey from both sides of someone who 
was, you know, when we came back from India, quite um, eager to kind of move forward and get things moving. And, and yeah. Dad, who was, you know, trying to move with what he felt the timing was yeah. and being in the middle of all of that for yeah. probably a good eight years, yeah. um, was pretty... Um, a big struggle and I yeah. can imagine um, some of the backstories that maybe because I've got a good imagination and I like to think in pictures but you know I imagine with Joshua and with um, sure. Moses and with Caleb you know some of that like we've seen it let's go let's move let's yeah. go into this what promised land for? and and you yeah. know what are we waiting for and the impatience of maybe youth and yeah I can appreciate that so the story really speaks to me in yeah. lots of ways you had it really up close and personal yeah and I think then I must have been a tricky season stepping into you know the senior pastor of the church is your dad and tra- transitioning from that to a time where the senior pastor is is your husband, that's a really weird dynamic, I can imagine, where my pastor is my husband. I can't fathom that. Um, I couldn't for a long time. (laughs) But I think, um, if you don't mind me asking, a lot of wives of pastors, often um, the pastor and his wife feel a joint calling to lead a church or plant a church or whatever. And then, then there are times where the, the pastor himself is called into that and, and the wife feels a, a calling maybe outside the church. Did you? The, it's quite a spectrum from one end to the other and anywhere in between. Where did you find yourself on that spectrum? And if you're happy to go into it, how, how did you progress through that? Not gracefully. <laughs> um, <laughs> Can yeah, no, I, I think the difficulty for me was, I mean, I remember having this out with John when he was a teacher and felt called into youth ministry. I was like, are you really sure? Because I was very called not to marry a pastor. Um, (laughs) And And you faithfully did that. Yeah. And I kind of let that one go because I was desperate to get back to Brisbane and we were in Blackwater and it was like, if we never get out of this place, like maybe this is the only way. So, but then when he was sort of called... (laughs) to go, you know, we were in India and then we came back because he was called to move from being youth pastor into being kind of the executive pastor role. And I was pretty happy in India. Sure. Uh, I was like, this is it. You know, I'm pretty happy to stay here. And I remember sitting at, there was someone's wedding. You may even be in the room, can't remember. Lots of weddings we go to. Absolutely. Um, But I remember sitting on the grass saying to him, you better be really sure that you're called to this because I am not sure that you're called to this. Mm. And um, yeah, Mm, I I think that was the struggle was I felt very called to something else. And yet your marriage is also the covenant that you've made before God. And so how do you pursue the thing you feel very called to when you're husband is pursuing something he feels very called to and you're also both called to that covenant that you've made so that wasn't necessarily a very um graceful season very extended ungraceful season sure uh but yeah I think that um you you go through that and you have choices to make about how you deal with that and I think um I probably went down the path of don't recommend it but um you know being quite frustrated yeah. like wanting to try then to become quite self-sufficient or well, I'll just make my career anyhow it's like if we can't move overseas which is where it makes sense for what yeah. I do to be um or if we can't move to Melbourne or Sydney then I will just travel and I will just make that happen um and I think that yeah 
having to really go through that season yeah. and get to a very hungry wilderness before yeah. realizing yeah. that God probably had an easier way. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, it wasn't <laughs> tricky too when you from from quite a like in your teens yeah. you had had a lot of words over you and God had been speaking promises to you about your calling. Mm. Can you can you speak to that a little bit more about what you already knew in your heart your life was to be about? Yeah, I think um, I'd had a lot of. I always reminded John that I felt that I had been given my calling before he was given his calling. So I felt like... First in best dressed. Yeah. So when I was a teenager and I, I went with Dave um, Mansfield up to Tambourine and there was this mission thing with the Baptist Union and there was this whole call to the nations and, you know, I remember being flat out for that and I'm going after that and I choose my career and study after that. And I was like still in my teens and then um, got married in my teens too. I don't know. I wouldn't recommend that necessarily either. (laughs) Um, But, you know, I remember saying to John, it was, we got married in 94 and it was about 2000. I remember announcing to him, that I'm sick of waiting for you to realise that we're meant to be overseas. Um, and next year I'm going to India, and if you want to come, awesome, but if you don't, I'm still going. And wow. he was like, I, I don't think she's serious. <laughs> he did send me to Ray and Nampek for some counselling about the <laughs> dark side oh, and how dangerous them. spiritually it was going to be over there. But um, it was a bit of a stretch for our marriage. But he was like, well, I feel called here, and maybe you'll get this out of your system. Um, and so oh. I went over there with $2,000. Um, was all I could manage to save up at that point. Um, And I just was determined to make that money stretch. I caught (laughs) the train with everybody else and worked out that, yeah, five rupees to catch the train was better than 100 rupees for an auto rickshaw. So I just, three and a half months in, John was like ringing me. And it wasn't when you had like uh, WhatsApp and stuff. You had to go to a browsing center to kind of work out how to reach home. And um, that's an internet cafe actually. Right, yeah. um, (laughs) Thank you. And there was an email there from him, are you coming home? And I wrote back and said, come and get me. Uh, So he then... Sorry, was that as in come and rescue me from here? Or come and make me? Come and make me. Yeah, right, okay. Just to clarify. um, So some very generous people at the church who really believed in the covenant of our marriage paid for him to fly over there. Oh, bless them. And um, I remember, because I was at that point living with a missionary lady who was really quirky, and I love her, Mary Jo, I love you still. Um, But she was just like, I think she was secretly trying to get John over there to get me out (laughs) too. But um, she ran BSF um, in one of the Anglican churches over there. And so I went to BSF Sunday, Saturday, I went. I went so many BSF. I did what, what like three BSF? or four different group uh, Bible study fellowships. Oh, right, right, right. Sorry. And um, so that four months, God just had me on a fast track, wow. like discipleship program. I think. Wow. Um, yeah, I did work there. That in His gracefulness, God still has doors open um, that were opened in that season. But wow. yeah, it was definitely a stretching. And I think when John came, it was three weeks of seeing. Actually, maybe I'm not just in love with. Kemmel Baptist Church maybe I'm in love with God's church, church and yeah. that was the beginning of what then took another two and a half years of God nudging and me nagging for us to actually go back, go back there. and that's okay. when we went back over there on mission for 2004-05. So um, it was two years you went there together? Not quite two years sure. but yeah. yeah. So um, and that was a, another big time I mean we only really returned because our made in India baby was made in India and we needed to 
birth him Come and home, mum yeah. was very keen for it to be back here and not in India um, and it coincided with the call for him to come back. Right, so. for the um, executive pastorship. Yeah, that's yeah, right. right. Okay. Yeah. I know both of you though have referred to that time as some of the best years in your ministry and 24 years of ministry, that's amazing. Was that, mm. were there things about that time that still stand out to you? That's, mm. Like what, what is it about that that makes you call it the best years of ministry so far? Um, we didn't, I mean, I think when you're, you don't have much, when there's scarcity, you really value what you do have. So it really allowed us to value the gifts and talents of each other. Um, we worked literally on a desk where both of us sat like this every day. And then we went to work together and home from work together. And, and then we'd come home to this three bedroom apartment that had no furniture in it. We only had like two knives, two forks, two plates, two chairs, one bed, but we had this three bedroom apartment because we bought space to chill (laughs) out in with air conditioning. And, um, and we'd go to separate rooms just for like one or two hours just to like (laughs) decompress from being so close to each other. Um, but in that time, yeah, I I don't know. We're crazy, but (laughs) I think what we enjoyed was mixing with the clients that were poorest Mm. of poor. We enjoyed mixing Mm -hmm. with the staff. We enjoyed mixing with the people who lived below that were flatmates Mm. from Singapore um, who loved food and mixed with the high end of society. And we had ministry together in church and ministry during the week. And we actually realised we could do this. Like, as much Mm. as we were highly competitive and you know we actually realized we could really be a great team and so that was part of it that's awesome yeah that's great I can imagine though um as you came back home would have felt like a a bit of pulling away from your calling because you were essentially coming home to really change gears and be a mum now and then with uh, John stepping into his role there would have been a bit of loss of identity and and kind of what's happening with my calling Mm. did you find that to be the case yeah, I suppose it was a deep sense of confusion because everyone was excited we were back and everyone mm. was excited we were having a baby and everyone was excited that he was being Seems awesome. kind of moving deeper into ministry. But for me, it was like no one understands I'm going through a grieving process yeah. right now. Yeah. I'm grieving the loss of what I thought were doors opening for us to go after what I felt was the calling on my life. Mm. And um the, I wasn't ever really cut out for being kind of a stay-at-home mum. So I was sure. like, okay, this is just going to be now double juggle of like a baby and working overseas and mm. now more responsibility at church. Mm. So, And being a first-time mum who did no prenatal classes <laughs> at all in India and then came back and just had a baby, it was a big Whoa. season of shock for yeah. me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So in, in all of that, with you kind of trying to juggle these new roles and hold on to your dreams and calling as well how did how did you find yourself with God in that season how did you negotiate kind of the changes that he seemed to be making to the Mm. plan um I I think when you're in any position it's hard but when you're in a position where everybody um seems to think they know so much about you but then you realize they don't know really anything that you're going through it's really hard to sort of know who you can speak to about your struggle yeah absolutely. Uh, and how that doesn't then reflect on your husband or yeah. his role his ministry so yeah. um I just chose to not speak about it yeah, and enough. so for coming out of a season of 
what ended up being postnatal depression with Jake and then he mm -hmm. was a reflux baby and I never slept and I was trying to work and everything was happening. Mm. Um, that was a really um, heavy season that I just didn't speak yeah. about. And then yeah. when Liam came along four years later and I had another sort of bout, bout yeah. of that, but still yeah. working, um, you know, still sort of <laughs> trying to juggle the career and yeah. do all this sort of stuff. I think I got to the point when Liam was about 18 months where I was pretty, pretty much, you, you're a superhero until you're not. Yeah. Like you wear your super undies yeah. on the outside until yeah. you just don't. And then I just stopped like hitting a wall and couldn't yeah, work sure. out what, it, what was going yeah, on. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, and just, wow. yeah, realised that... Um, I remember being in, in Oxford and I was at a big conference and I hadn't realised that all the things that we were doing, which were awesome, they were for God, they, you know, it was a Christian organisation I was working for, we were in, you know, nine, program, nine yeah. country program that was winning awards and everything was going great and then we got a new CEO who said, I've got other ideas so, and next year that program will be finished. Um, and told yeah. us at the conference where we were presenting it when wow. it was being celebrated. Um, I just had no grid for that. Yeah. I, I didn't know how, how to. And I realised in that moment that was my identity and now I didn't okay. have an identity. Yeah. And so and so now that was like, well, that's another door shutting. I yeah. don't, and I remember lying there going, God, do you even care? Like, sure. you've spoken these things. Are you being mean? Like, yeah. why you speak these things over me? And yeah. then all these years, all this struggle, trying to make it work, trying to make John's thing work. Yeah. And now you just, are you mean? Like, yeah. like um, what's the deal? Yeah, and I, I sort of feel that story of Joshua really resonates with that. You know, he he, mm. he did all the faithful things, you know, like yeah. he, he was a spy first and then he patiently waited and then he took the Israelites over the yeah. Jordan and he did the Jericho thing and then he kind of forgot what was going on and he thought he could do the his super undies yeah, on yeah. the outside, <laughs> thought he could do AI and then yeah. boom, then he couldn't. And then he was in this wow. deep, dark space where he was wrestling yeah with defeat and stepping back from what God had destined for him yeah. to do, almost convinced to walk away from it. And yeah, I've, right. that's this very deep season that I went through as well. And a real season of having to just wait and just... Yeah, I God, just actually wasn't just waiting. Waiting yeah. implies that you're patiently doing something. Yeah, I true. was just broken. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair enough. Mm. Now you know that I love you, so I, I preface this question with a <laughs> reminder of that. Um, oh. <laughs> I told you we'd keep it real. Um, I think it's fair to say, in, in terms of your nature, you're a mover and a shaker. You're not a sit still and do nothing kind of person. So in, in that season, with that kind of your get up and go, let's make a plan, let's get it done, mm. how did you marry that up with where you found yourself at that time? I, like I said, I had no grid for this. Yeah. I didn't know how to put my pieces back together. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, I just, a big shout out for, there's some very special people that may or may not be in the room. I don't know, yeah. I haven't scanned everybody, but, um, you know, sometimes we need to be dealt with gently. And yeah, I suppose... Um, not really sharing my story with people. It was a big shock for the people sure. that then did decide to journey with me gently. Mm -hmm. That um, and very humiliating. I felt very humiliated that I'd been, become broken. Like why couldn't I just keep being strong? Yeah, um, yeah. And it was at a time where then I felt really angry at God mm -hmm. and angry that 
John's ministry was just going like beautifully and everyone was just celebrating that and all these yeah. exciting things and I just felt broken and stuck in the middle and mm. yeah like defeated yeah for sure yeah that's um would would be extremely confronting mm. now just an, another be brave with me kind of question <laughs> we might as well keep them coming while we're at it um I know, I know that season for you was a time of, like you've just said, feeling um, quite misunderstood. And yeah. a lot of people, we, we like as people to look in from the outside and make our own assessment of what's going on. And um, it just reminds me of a post that you put on Facebook maybe a week ago or so. Mm-hmm. Um, Ten, what is it called? Ten things that the woman married to your pastor wants you to know. Mm-hmm. Some of you might have seen it and read it, I'm not sure. Um, I found it fascinating. I only got a chance to read it this morning. Um, I imagine that in that season that would have been really helpful for people to know those things for you. Mm. Um, why, why did you feel that you wanted to share that post? Um, I think I've been lucky enough to be in such a great ecosystem that um, when I did break, mm. there were people that noticed and um, journeyed with me. But I yeah. think there's a lot of leaders... Um, who maybe aren't as lucky to be sure. in those sorts of ecosystems or um, maybe don't know how to ask for help. Yeah. And so um, I think part of God's idea about the body is that um, we come together and we mm. can support each other because yeah. whether you're a pastor or a pastor's wife, daughter, sister, whatever, um, or whether you're not, um, we mm. all have fears and anxieties and doubts and times where we're broken and times where we're strong and that's why we're meant to be together to help each other do that and I think when we don't know what those pressures are um, I mean you know people don't realize how many comments are in a church of now 5,200 people like there's a lot of stuff that pastors carry and Mm. that can be lonely sometimes absolutely Mm. yeah absolutely because you're really living it in a a fishbowl aren't you like everyone can see and that can be put in a bad way but I think what we're trying to go after here particularly is like a family on ministry together and absolutely um, that that family has people with different roles but we're a family and and that's really I suppose that was an encouraging post by someone else who also was trying to communicate yeah the need for family to come together absolutely I thought she articulated um kind of a proactive if these are the needs how can we be a family meeting those needs, which mm. I thought was really fantastic. So we see in just getting back to Joshua a little mm. bit, Joshua eight or around there. Um, we see, we see what we're talking about now. <laughs> uh, we see him coming back from this season of like real um, courageous and victorious season. He's you know things have been going great. He's mm. been um, really charismatically leading the people and mm. seeing some real um, personal development in them, consecrating themselves to God and um, just real kind of brave heart leadership kind of stuff. Mm. The Lord appeared to be just giving them victory after victory, but then mm. all of a sudden he came into this season where there was that really deep stretch needed. Mm. How, I guess, I guess that's kind of where we're up to in your story. How, mm. Can you share with us then what comes after that? Yeah, um, I suppose whether, put aside what role people have, I think mm. when we get to a certain part in our journey in our journey with God there'll be a time where you actually just have to do the business with God that heavy lifting in the 
quiet places where you yeah. just get on your knees and you just got to thrash it out. And yeah. I love that part in the story where he's trying to work out if God is like the, the, the angel warrior that he wrestles with. Yeah. Is he for him or against him? Yeah. And he says neither. Um, and it's about his realisation in that moment. And I think, um, you know, I, when we realise that we're inadequate, when mm. we're, we realise that we can, we're not fooling God, he already knows we're inadequate. Yeah. He's already taken into account our brokenness, but he's still got this destiny that he wants us to step into. You know, yeah. I think that, um, yeah, that he wants his plan for us to come to fruition. I think um, sure. that's a, a really... Yeah, a really interesting time to go through that and okay. and to find that hunger. Like yeah. I think God takes us into the wilderness at times and allows us to get hungry mm. so that he can show us his provision and then yeah. he can show us his faithfulness. Sure. That allows us to have a richer understanding of him for that next season mm. that we're about to step into. True. Yeah. So was that a kind of a short or a long kind of period of time for you or was it...? <laughs> um, I think it... I suppose it had been going in a way where God had been allowing me to have some fairly significant, um, I would say, Jericho moments because, you know, if we think about the story of Jericho, they just watched God do his thing, Mm. his miraculous thing where the walls came down. And there were things that opened up for me in my professional life that really I had no business being in, like... You know, Good speaking things. to the yeah. head of the res- the governor of the Reserve Bank of Cambodia and designing something for him, and then his daughter, wow. who's the vice deputy governor of the Re- Reserve Bank, getting everybody out of the room. And in Cambodia, in these wow. high government rooms, they have everything being recorded and everyone sitting in very sure. specific seats. And she got rid of them all, and she wow. wanted to talk about women in leadership and. You know, I told her mm. that my dad was in leadership and I understood her journey and we had these deep... And every time I'd wow. go, she'd clear the room and we'd have... Co- like, there was That's no amazing. business for me being no. in there. Um, so I called them, like, Jericho successes, you yeah. know? Like, yeah. there was things... And and yet then at home here at, at church, I just felt like I was having AI mm. defeat moments all the time. And yeah. so I was sort of writing that. Yeah. But God was showing me how he was gonna be faithful he was always faithful you know and so we you know even down to people ringing at dark moments and saying oh we we just saw that video that I think you made like eight years ago for Ghana you know we're still using it and it's still making families like come out of debt and it was like wow, you know, there's still legacy there even if I can't see what God's doing and God's got this massive plan that we're just a small part of. Um, So I I was learning his faithfulness but in a very gentle way. And um, when I had my my breakdown, God gave me this picture, this dream that he built over a number of um, months and then has since added sort of bits and pieces to it but I was really tired I was under this big table and I could see God and I could see you know Jesus and I could see this woman in the back and she was busy at the sink and she was organizing everything and um, you know, I, I was a bit distrustful of this woman who was like coordinating the whole house. It was like a big farmhouse, I suppose. And um, and I was sitting under the table and kept get, being booted by people sitting okay. at the table. You know, they don't see where their legs are. And every now and again, someone would poke down and go, get out from under the table. You know, like you do for yeah, kids. Yeah. 
Um, God would just keep saying, come and sit in, in your seat or whatever. Yeah. And I'd be like, no, no, I'm good. I can see you. You can see me. It's all sweet. Yeah. And at one point, he said, who do you think that lady is? And I said, oh, I don't know. And he said, it's the Holy Spirit. And oh. I was like, nah, it's a, it's a lady. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, no, it's the Holy Spirit. Like, wow. you know. And I said, um, nah, I'm, I'm not sure about it. And he said, oh, no let her lead you out to a place of rest and when it's time lead you back in and you can take some rest and and it was interesting because at convergence I had to to pee sorry I sometimes drink too much water and so I went out in the middle of Dave Wagner's um, message and I was standing at the back because I didn't want to disturb people again by walking back down the front and um, I saw Scotty Wilson walk up and I was like, oh, hi, Scotty. Yeah, it's great, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And he, he grabs me by the arm and he said, the Holy Spirit told me to walk you back down. And oh. I was like, what? Get out. So then I was like <laughs> clinging on to him going, yeah. oh, my gosh, it's Hold time to read. <laughs> and then I went to sit down and Dave said, stay standing. And I was wow. like, oh, no, this is an introvert's this worst is, nightmare. Yes. And, um, and then he proceeded to prophesy over me. And it was funny because it was all of these iterations of this same... Mm. dream vision that God had given me and um, as he was saying that I saw God put me in this seat Mm -hmm. and that was in August September and I I knew after that that I would you know God just said don't need to don't need to be under this much pressure for work you've learned what you need to know you've got the networks that you need I just want you to um, resign Wow. He didn't promise me anything at that point. He just said, I want you to resign. And that's like that. a control freak's <laughs> just the next second worst yes. So yes. I was like, what? <laughs> and how do we live? And, you know, that yeah. hungry season of, okay, yeah. well, you, you've not promised me exactly what that looks like right now, but yeah. you are faithful. You've shown me that. And so yeah. I resigned and the outworkings of that were still to December. But, you know, I found that peace then yeah. that I didn't have for all those years of yeah. striving. And yeah. um, and I was like, this is wild. Like, I wow. need to know all the details. Yes. And so I don't know any details, but I it's feel free peace. Falling. So I was like, I yeah. need it. And in that season of being in, at rest, God just showed me how to trust the Holy Spirit and how to lean into that mm-hmm. and how not to be offended by the Holy Spirit. I was particularly offended in 2012 when Randy Clark came and my husband was only a few months into being executive pastor, oh yes. no, senior pastor, yes. and was shaking and lying on the ground. And I thought, that's just irresponsible leadership. <laughs> <laughs> Who's going to wrap this thing that's up fantastic. if you're lying down there? And I was t- completely offended by this. Like, I could not understand. And then, that. you know, he, he had some wild things where he flew backwards and yeah. got bruises. And the kids were like, Dad's got a Holy Spirit whack. He's got this purple mark on him. And I was like, this is just too nuts for yeah. me. Like, I'm yeah. just, this is too out of control. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and being scared, being yeah, scared sure. of what was going on because I didn't understand it. Yeah. And God just needed, like, a good six years to, like, get my head in the game. Um, <laughs> so just, just a quick break? Yeah, that's just, I'm a slow learner, right? And And... I don't understand it. It's a yeah. mystery, but yeah. I'm now at least able to move out of that dark space and not yeah. be offended at God. Yeah. To be able to let go of the fact that, you know, he has a destiny for us and he can't actually allow me a breakthrough into yeah. what his next part of that journey is. Absolutely. If I'm here being offended that it hasn't worked out and looks like the thing that I thought it should look like. True. Getting to the point where I can yeah. say, 
I surrender all and actually know that yeah. I am surrendering all. Yeah. And actually, but, nevertheless, not your will but mine. Yeah. Like, oh, you know, to, to, to God, yeah. him asking me to agree with that. Yeah, to as partner opposed with that. to saying, I've got this awesome plan with this awesome timing, with the awesome picture of what this looks like, and yeah. him going... That's nice. Yeah. We'll see. Six years later, yeah. you ready to let go of that? Yeah. You know. Yeah. And so I think, um, yeah, some of you are very fast learners. I'm not. So. <laughs> so that kind of ties in with Joshua. We see him coming into that that season of what looks like defeat. We would all be mortified to be in his mm. position with that defeat at AI, and and yet God brought him back around to that moment to for him to have to sit with it, deal with it, deal with the processes, and then we see. That, that stretch of obedience from him. Mm. What would you like to say about that? Um, I think that our fears and our anxieties pursue us like the AI army yep. pursue us, pursue Joshua in that moment. Sure. He took these soldiers and he made it look like they were the same uh, Israelites that they had already defeated. Like, who yeah. are these crazy guys that yeah. are back for round two? They're so foolish. Look at them just running out into the wilderness where easy hunt them down. And I think our fears yeah. and our anxieties and all those things the enemy wants us to agree and come into alignment with, that we're defeated, that mm-hmm. we're incapable, we, we won't be enough. They pursue us yeah. in hot pursuit and really leave something vacant yeah. that can God can then ambush and I, I feel like in that story where they all ran out and then as as you know the first stretch really for me that took my caught my attention was that you know God's told them to lure them out and then mm-hmm. in the middle of them in hot pursuit God says okay just stop and stretch out your arm you can imagine Joshua going how what it's, it's like, not clever I'm, why yeah. you know and so he he stretches because he's learned in that dark season yeah. to stand there in in yeah. still and just listen. Um, yeah. I feel like sometimes we're standing there waiting and everyone else is observing that and mm-hmm. thinking, and sometimes we judge each other as well so, so hard. You we, know, we think, yeah. what's that person doing? Yeah. You know, and all the rumors start pursuing them and we can be part of that sometimes. Yeah. You know, and we don't actually understand what is happening in that person, what that stretch is, Absolutely. what their stretch is, and we're busy making a, a judgment on that and yet sure. that God's working in the inside at yeah. that time of that person and God was definitely working the inside of me it looked yeah. like I was doing nothing I felt very lazy <laughs> you know I'm like but yeah. there's stuff to do like can you see they're coming yeah. like yeah. I'm just holding this spear out here like you yeah. know anytime I'm happy to yeah. throw the spear I'm happy <laughs> to run I'm happy to you know God's yeah. just stay still stay still hold and and John was explaining something to the SLT about what's called the audible in football. Like, I didn't know this. Many of you Um, might not know this. enlighten me. But you'll learn all these drills in the playbook, but then the audible is that the coach can go, it's an audible and whoever's on the field that gets to call it at that moment, you just have to listen and respond in that moment to whatever the the call is. And it's like in that moment, God called the audible for Joshua to just stretch and I feel like the other part of that is God's running multiple strategies at once. Absolutely. And so Joshua's stretch was a sign for others that were watching, yeah. you know, his obedience. We just don't know what's on the other side of our obedience. Like his obedience led others to actually yeah. do their stretch and go and, and take that thing down. Yeah. And I feel like, I don't know, when some of us 
you know, if we're not obedient to what God's asking us to stretch in in mm. that season, we don't know who's watching for our so signal true. to actually be obedient and step into their So thing. true. Um, that and, I'm a bit of a Lord of the Rings. I'm a bit of a nerd. I'm just going <laughs> to confess. Um, but there's this, that just reminds me there's a scene where um, they have to kind of raise the alarm across multiple cities, multiple countries and regions, whatever you call them. And there's like these fire stacks that are on the peaks of these really, really tall mountains. Mm. And um, the each per- there's a person in each city or whatever you call it who's responsible for lighting that and so they're always on the lookout to see if the one they're watching gets lit and if it gets lit it's their job to light theirs and that way the person behind them on the mountain range or wherever far away who couldn't see that one but can see theirs sees that be lit and then they light theirs and then the message carries through across all these mountain Mm. ranges that it's time to go to war and it just it's Mm. so true we never know there might be somebody who can't see your life example, but mm. they can see mine. Mm. So if I let myself be lit, mm. or however you want to say it in a trendy way, get mm. lit, then <laughs> that's not what I want to say. Um, <laughs> if I let myself burn with the glory of God, then somebody else behind me can see that. Like, that sounds much better. And then yeah. the message goes forward. But I actually, I asked God about this when I was just praying into this passage. Like, what's the fire thing, you know, like yeah. lighting up this city? I mean, we, yeah. we understand the, the meaning of kind of purification and, and all the things that weren't of God, what God wanted to get rid of. And mm. as I went deeper into that, I feel like, you know, God lights this fire to burn away all the stuff that's not productive for him, you know. Yeah. And, and as we stretch in faith um, and just hold that stretch through... It, that all these smoke signals are like people allowing God to just burn that yeah. stuff that's not of him. And um, and what was so beautiful about that passage is these Israelites were, were stepping into territory that they didn't work for. They were stepping into yeah. structures that they hadn't built. They were stepping into wealth and resourcing that they yeah. hadn't toiled for. Um, and even crowns that they yeah. they you know, we're in, inheriting from yeah. that. And I feel like that's, you know, a word for us here, that there's, as we're faithful and we stretch, like God has things that we step into because of the legacy of everything else. Um, and that, you know, he's asking us in faith, can I trust you to step into these things? You know, are you going to be faithful? Are you going to mm. listen to the audible yeah. when I say pivot or go or leave it or hold it? You know, are you going to yeah. are you going to be faithful to that? And yeah. I think he's he's shown us um, if we look at the River Life journey from True. you know Scorgy's Lounge Room all yeah. those years ago through to when Dad came, you know, in '89 to now here mm. in in Jindalee in Seventy Mile Rocks from 2017 like you know are we the generation that's going to be faithful with what we're stepping into that maybe we haven't toiled for or territory that he's giving us what are we going to do with that absolutely I I felt really God was really speaking into that yeah yeah absolutely I think um we have such a huge inheritance and it just takes that decision I'm going to partner with this at whatever the cost is Mm. we don't have to re-outlay all the other costs that everyone else has for sure so I wonder, um, we see then Joshua kind of enters a season where, you know, there's been this ambush and then he, he does the stretch and he stands still in that moment where there's the pressure to change. And then we see God bring victory. Do you, for yourself, can you speak a bit to what that looks like in your life? And, oh no, I'll ask that question in a yeah. minute. But yeah, can you? Um, yeah, I think... 
I've prayed for a long time for many things. I mean, I've prayed that I can go back to that best year mm. of our ministry lives and our marriage of working alongside John and it was almost near impossible to see how that yeah. was going to happen. You know, I've prayed to be able to have something that's purposeful but still be able to be home more for the boys, like all these sorts of prayers and they're all super important to me. Yeah. But I think the thing that broke me way back, the deepest thing was, do I have a place? Yeah, right. And I feel like through that whole journey, it was funny because when I um, came in the day before I officially started after being appointed and I had a little desk and there was mm. all these nice little things on the desk. And um, But the thing that made me cry was that the phone had my name on it uh, oh. in the little thing and God just said you have a place Um, because working remotely as a manager and Mm. working with remote like with all my teams being overseas or in other places I've never had a place um, to sit yeah Yeah. (laughs) Um, and so to have a place and it was like God was just saying I'm faithful I have things that even though you feel like you've waited Uh, the last time I had a place was when we were in India and I actually had a desk to come to when I did what God had asked me to do and so um, I know that might sound trivial for some people but to me it was like God has a place for all of us and no one else is sitting in that place Mm. Um, in that vision God gave me Everyone were fighting for different chairs, but no one was fighting for this chair that continually stayed empty that God kept wow. showing me. And he was like, just come and sit in the chair. And I was like, no, no, I don't, I, I'm not ready. And he was like, oh, well, but that's your place. And I was like, why are people pulling chairs out from other people? There's like that chair that I'm not ready to sit in, like take yeah, that chair, yeah. but no one could see that chair. And wow. I feel like that was something for all of us that... Yeah we're all busy looking at each other's anointing or each other's place, but actually God's got a special chair, a place for each one of us that Mm. no one's sitting in. Yeah. Until you choose to sit in it. Yeah. And he wants to stretch us. um, And if we're willing to do that stretch, if we're willing to hold it, if we're willing to listen for the audible, then, you know, he says, you're faithful. Let me give you that breakthrough to the next stage of your, of your destiny that I've designed wow. for you. Just now be in that place yeah. for that season, for that moment. And yeah. I think that isn't something special for, I mean, it's very special in my journey with mm. God, but that's mm. a message for all of us. It's not um, unique to yeah. you. Yeah, that's and, true. And just on that, sorry. Yeah, no, go for it. When we're looking at other people's anointing, mm. um, and we're busy rushing out after another person's anointing. We leave our thing yeah. vacant yeah. and it can go up in smoke. And God says, don't leave the thing I've yeah. given you vacant because th- th- that anointing is for someone Absolutely. else. That's their anointing. What about the anointing I have for you? Focus on Absolutely. that. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So. We can miss out on something so precious because mm. we can't actually be anyone else. We can only be ourselves. Yep. Yeah, that, it's, it's devastating the thought of chasing after that and leaving mm. that behind so from from the parallels in your life of the story of Joshua there seem to be like a few different times that we see this the stretch happen for one of using that kind of catchword um we see kind of like their first stretch is in that defeat that he faces and then um the second stretch kind of in his perspective or in his attitude and 
um, how he was looking at things and, and, and God needed to bring him around so that, that that heart work was done. And then we see that third kind of the actual stretch where God brings the victory and um, in I think it's interesting there, and, and you pointed this out to me when you were sharing those parallels, that it's got to be God's timing and it's got to be God's way. Mm. How, how do you see what's played out in your life kind of perfectly God's timing in a way that you couldn't have kind of organised it yourself? Mm. I think, I mean, aside from everything I've mentioned that I had to learn, which yeah. is like a massive <laughs> list of things, um, I think the thing that... God taught me through this passage was Joshua couldn't go on to the other 29 fortified cities believing that the Mm. defeat defined him uh, and believing that um, you know shrinking back and and letting that you know he couldn't just run away from AI and God's a full circle God like he had to bring him back to that place of defeat to change the way Joshua was packaging yeah. up that story in his head. Yeah. Um, and, you know, if God just reminded me, just even for Jesus, it was, it's, he's a full circle God. Like, you yeah. know, the, the very darkest moment for Jesus on the Mount of Olives before he went to the cross where he sweats, you know, he sweats great drops of blood because he's so focused on his yeah. purpose. Yeah. Um, was the same place that he ascended that God lifted him up. Mm. And I feel like in this story, we see God take Joshua on this full circle journey from, yeah. you know, he, he was defeated with AI. He messed it up. He didn't listen to God. He did yeah. all these things. But God in his grace and his gentleness took him this full circle back yeah. to show him how sometimes I do things and you just observe the miraculous, yep. like Jericho, and other times we've got to, you've got to work this out. I give you the strategy, I give you the timing, yeah. um, and you know, but you have to have the courage to step that out yeah. in faith and, and make it happen. And yeah. so, yeah, in that, he taught him both ends of that, and yeah. that was how Joshua went into all the other victories in Canaan, was, you know, is it one you do, God, or is it one you yeah. want us to do, and what are you calling for this yeah. one? And that stepping in the presence yes. of God and just Absolutely. being on his lead. Um, yeah. I think, you know, I needed time to learn that. Sure, yeah. sure. Well, I'm just so encouraged to hear, well, I'm so encouraged that, that you would share so authentically some of the things that you've been through. I know that's not hard to do. So I'm just very, very grateful for you being submitting yourself to these questions after <laughs> question. Really, I'm so grateful. Um, and I am really excited to hear you share at conference. I know you're speaking on the second night at Found Conference, so um, that's going to be amazing. I know God's going to do some really great stuff there, so I'm really looking forward. I hope all of you will be able to come in and hear that amazing content. It's going to be fantastic. So um, what we're going to do now, oh, I just have a little thank you gift for you. It's a bit of a gag gift, but it, the sentiment is is there. Is it going to blow up? No, there? it's not going to blow up in your face, but you'll, you'll you know, appreciate I it. I, ha- I have to open it here because you've just made everyone curious. What is it? Oh, stationery. See, she knows me so well. See, it knows. <laughs> Robin's all about the post-its. We love it. So I, I just want to, um, I just really want to agree with the promises that are over your life, Robin, and I'm, I'm so excited. I know one of the, one of the words that's been over you, um, that I've only heard recently is about you writing. And I'm just, I'm so here for that. I can't wait to read your books and I can't, I can't wait to hear your message um, in June. That's going to be fantastic. 
Um, so what we were going to do to kind of close out the night, we're going to have a little... Oh, no, we've got plenty of time. That's good. We don't need to pause. Can I just um, yes. add one last thing? So one of the, the things, the words that was spoken over me a long time ago was that I would be like a hinge. Wow. I hated that word. I thought that was awful. <laughs> I thought hinges are grimy, they're hidden, spiders cl- climb around with them, they have yeah. to take the load, like it's awful. Um, mm. And I just, sometimes when we give prophetic words, um, to those who are receiving it, they're not very grateful. I'm very sorry if anyone's given me a prophetic <laughs> word and I've not been overly grateful, but I've had all sorts of things like being on a raft with mm. no engine, no paddle, isolated, watching people in boats go by, you know, and I'm not, I'm not in the boat. Everyone's having fun in the boat and I'm on this raft, you know, and I've had things like hinges and stuff like that. <laughs> and I've been quite angry that God's given me these horrendous uh prophetic words um but actually I've now embraced them because God's been showing me the meaning of all these things and it was um the hinge one was between you know really spoke into the leadership transition and a hinge between you know what has been and what is coming and holding that together and you know now I can embrace it with the wisdom that God has now implanted (laughs) in my soul but also with the raft the other thing that was interesting was when I had my breakdown, um, I went from the UK back here for a few days to Africa for 17 days all by myself. And um, I was in this very dark place and I thought I better drag myself to church. So I dragged myself to this church in Kenya that I didn't know a soul. And this African pastor's wife was preaching. The one day a year she was preaching and (laughs) Um, she preached this great sermon on Isaiah 2, the church on the, you know, the, the, the hill, and, and mm-hmm. I was like, that's awesome. So I went to speak to her to say thank you. You know, I got a lot out of it, and she got everyone out the way, and she started saying, you know, your dad, he's a, he's a minister, and your husband's apostolic, and you're on this raft. Whoa. And I was like, whoa, like, this is too much when I'm having a breakdown, you know. And, yeah. um, <laughs> And then I had another five days and I went, I was in Tanzania and I thought I'd better drag myself to church in mm. dark space, better go. I went to this church in, in Arusha and I was, I was like being choked and oh. I was like, <coughs> can't breathe. So I, I saw there's a water cooler at the back of the room and I thought, I'm just going to head up there quietly, yeah. you know, don't know any pastors preaching, don't know anyone, mm. only white girl in the place, just be real quiet. <laughs> and as I walked to the back of the room, the lady was like, she could have given me some water. It would have been quiet. She goes, get off her throat in Jesus' name. Cast it off your throat. And I'm like, whoa, too much, too much. Real subtle. And so this whole time, like this was before I was really comfortable with the Holy Spirit Uh when I was really like, and actually now, you know, these prophetic words have come about and matured and, mm-hmm. and I was really offended at God for all this time because this raft had no paddle, nothing. Mm. And then just at Converge, God said, you know you've been sitting on the sail all this time? Oh. <laughs> so for those of you that just need to lean into yeah, the yeah. word, just lean yeah. in a bit harder to God and he yeah. will show you. I'm in the remedial class. Come join me if you... <laughs> That's good. such a good point. Yeah. yeah, that's so true. When we get these words, a great question to ask is, and so God, what do I do with that? Yes, that's and, right. Yeah. I didn't get that I know, that's fair then. enough. That's yeah. fair enough. It was a long time ago. <laughs> so uh, questions. Yeah, uh, we were thinking um, 
yeah, we've got another 25 minutes or so before we need to wrap things up. So we were thinking um, if is there's another mic? No. Okay. No, that's fine. We'll be able to hear everyone. It's a small room. That's fine. So the only thing, I put a caveat, the only thing that's off limits is anything about John. He told me specifically I'm not to answer any <laughs> We're questions. We're not interested in that. John tonight. We're here to hear about Joshua and you. he's scared of all of you. So. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we'll get him here and we'll ask him the questions himself one day. Yeah. Um, so, based, I mean, we really, our, our heart for tonight was to hear about the story of Joshua and do a deep dive mm. into the word. So, maybe have a think about questions that you would like to ask more on that vein. We're not necessarily here mm. to put... Robin under the microscope, but Robbie has a lot of great answers to a lot of big questions. So, is there anybody who would like to ask a question? Yes, go for it. interesting because we <laughs> it took me a long time to realize that um, the giftings like say prophetic or whatever I was like oh maybe I don't want that gifting like I actually <laughs> said to God when I was seeing visions and stuff I think that's just a bit heavy for me because I'm not really comfortable with the falling on the floor business um, and you know what it's straight away and I'm not even joking straight away I stopped dreaming and, I, wow. and God is so courteous. Mm. You know, if we say, I'm just not ready, like, he, he doesn't push that on us, right? And um, I remember saying to him, if you're going to speak to me and you're going to make, like, have some moment with me, like some encounter, uh, please don't let me fall on the floor <laughs> in public because I'm, like, really, like, that's just not my deal. <laughs> and the only times that I've really had deep encounters haven't been in a public place. Mm. Um, I just feel like God is so gentle with us that, you know, if we just ask him, God, I, can you give me dreams? Or God, can you speak to me? Or God, I'm really freaked out by that. Please never do that to me. Like he's really, mm. um, he's really gracious and gentle with us. So mm. I would just say, if you're hungry for something and you're not sure, just say, God, you know how nervous I am about even having this prayer to like mm. get to know you more and to really understand your Holy Spirit or whatever, like, can you do this very gently with me? But I just, you know, like my unbelief, like I, I believe, but, mm. you know, just guide me through this. And um, I, he's very faithful. He wants to be in an intimate relationship with mm. you. So he will do it at your pace. Yeah. And in an intimate relationship, it's not going to be like everybody else's intimate relationship. It'll be unique for you and him. Yeah. So. Awesome. Any other questions? Well, this is an early mark. That's awesome. <laughs> I have a question a little bit um, further along the lines of what this lovely lady's question was. Um, how, how did you go about 
finding environments where you could hear God clearly on the things that were going on in your life? Was it, was it a location or a practice or what did that look like for you? Um, sometimes when you're in a dark space, you just have to lean into what you know, even if you don't feel it. Uh, so when I was traveling and dead tired and I would still lean into what I knew I'd still pray through the room before I slept in the room and I'd still talk to God out loud so that you know I would still read my word and you know it was a long season of not feeling like that was producing any fruit yeah just sometimes you've just got to keep leaning into what you already know before you know new stuff yeah yeah um but for me, I think I would always access whatever I could. So yeah. I have a little blue Bible that's tiny for my travel Bible because I don't like taking checked-in luggage. So mm. I'd have my carry-on luggage. So it was a Bible that fit in my carry-on luggage. And um, I would often write in the margins of my Bible if a verse stood out to me, the date and the location because actually oh, wow. it becomes like milestones as to where God's yeah. spoken to me. And so... Like a map. I thought I'd lost that Bible the other day and John told me that Tracy sends all of the lost and found Bibles to PNG and I was oh, heartbroken no. and I was like, couldn't wait to get <laughs> no. to church to ask Tracy if she'd send a shipment to, to PNG. PNG, but she yeah. had it, which was great. Thanks, awesome. Trace. Um, but it had sort of the last 15 years worth of wow. what God had spoken to me. And it's funny because when you think God's not speaking to you, when you get out of a dark space where that cloud hangs over, you realise how much God was speaking to you True. when you see those things again. Yeah. Um, and I think sometimes the enemy just wants us to retract because he says Absolutely. fruitless, he's not talking to you, mm-hmm. you're just joking, you're kidding yourself, mm. but you just got to lean in. Absolutely. And get press support. Yeah, I wasn't good sure. at asking for that. It, well, it's but makes we you need very to vulnerable. give each other press support. So, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yep. That's awesome. Uh, so there's definitely no other questions. I don't want anyone to miss. Oh, yes. Hello. What would you like to say? Thanks for sharing your story. Okay. Oh, yeah. Great. I, I said to the How elders, long have we got? Like, That's gonna blow I want way a 30, 60, 90 days to just work out everything. Then I'll cascade vision. But like, we're not even at 30. But Anne, I'll just for you because I like you so much. Um, For me, I think the biggest part of mission from everything that I've ever been involved in in my professional work and everything is integration Mm -hmm. um, and building a missional heart for the whole of the church. Um, I don't say that in implying that we don't have that, but I say that in saying we could expand that missional heart so much more. Um, You know, when we think about what we do are we really looking outwards of the church walls and going we want to embrace because God embraced us and Mm. he saw each of us as special and wants that to be the reality for people who don't know him whether that be here whether it be communities we're busy looking at Brisbane all the time and thinking Mm. we're just over the bridge but if we just turned around and stopped looking at the fireworks in the city and looked to what is our backyard that we pay no attention to but that could be our front yard there's 70 nations plus in that Logan to Toowoomba corridor that we can embrace like we don't even have to go overseas and um 
you know, can we be a church that truly is multicultural as opposed to a church that's sometimes friendly to people who are not the dominant culture? Um, you know, I just yeah. think there's so much we can do here before we put a foot on a plane. And I've traveled more than enough <laughs> to say that there better be a good reason that we're carrying something very special with us to get on a plane. Yeah. Because otherwise we can be truly missional and be Absolutely. where God's planted us Absolutely. to be. Um, so, yeah, and I think the other thing, Anne, is, is really about supporting those that the church has already sent and really understanding the fullness of what their, mm. um, their calling is and really getting around that, um, but yeah. also really understanding where God's streams of favour are flowing already. Um, yeah. There's stuff that we don't even understand. I think there's something like 30 countries that are now downloading our podcasts on a weekly basis. That's incredible. Um, that are, you know, we've got all of these communities starting to become quite a significant proportion of what our River Life membership mm. looks like, um, who have diaspora relationships with countries in other places. I, I think God is d just about to set yeah. a whole bunch of stuff on fire and it's super exciting. And I think just, yeah. um, oy, sorry, um, I think just <laughs> the other thing is we're so busy trying to be impatient with what we think our timing mm. and things should look like where we sort of, if God doesn't open this door up for me now, I'm going somewhere else. To, I, I just yeah. feel like God's just saying, hold the stretch because what I want to do is going to need everybody in their seats to do their thing mm. that I've planted them to do and just hold that stretch because it's coming. It's just around the corner. And I know yeah. that the Israelites were like, you know, Joshua's had a bit of a mess up here. Like, you know, is God really still with us? Mm. You know, God's really doing amazing things here. He's bringing mm. 50, 60, Linda, what is it? 60 new people almost a week into River Life. I mean, people are walking in here yeah. that have no idea what we do that are then mm. sitting down for services. Um, you know, we can have a missional heart right where we are. Absolutely. It's as, as close as the seat next door to you in the service, really. Yeah. And will That's we amazing. be that connector? I know, um, you know, Glenda's heart is is with with um, street teams. Is you know, we don't just do free gardening service. Yeah. We're supposed to be doing street teams to show that yes, we really do care. You know, mm. it started from the kingdom assignments that really showed that demonstrated heart of God's people and His yeah. church. Yes, we do care about what's happening to you in the community, and you know, the biggest thing she can't get is connectors for street teamwork on Saturday, which is actually not just about manual labour, but is about yeah. the reason why we go do street teams. I mean, we can do mission wherever we are. Yeah. And I think that's really my heart, to see how we can enable people to do it, yeah. get past their fears and their anxieties, be open-armed and, and really be what God wants us to be as a church. Absolutely. And, and not be being worried about what we're going to miss out on while we're loving on that person next mm -hmm. to us. I think was Mark. Was somebody over near here who wanted to ask a question? It might not have been you. It was you. I think one of the things that really struck me around the stretch that you referred to a number of times is that the Lord told Joshua to do it, and he did it. Yeah. And there's that element that there's that element of obedience that's along with the whole stretch to the persistence of holding and waiting. Yeah, I, God had to work out of me the offence at the church. So, I mean, I wanted to work alongside John, but I was busy being offended at the church because it had hurt me. 
and people in the church had hurt me. Mm. And you can't be useful to God if you're going to walk around wounded. And I had to just do some business. I had to be mm. asked for forgiveness about stuff and say, you know what, I've got to let that go. Because, yeah, mm. that might have happened in the past, but we've got to move forward. And if yeah. whatever that looks like, whether it's in this position that I'm now entrusted with or whether it's some other thing, um, you can't do it by skill and expertise. You've got to do it by love. And if you're offended, you can't love. So work that out. Mm. God was pretty rough. <laughs> Yeah. Sometimes he has to be a little bit yeah. blunt with us, doesn't he? Yeah. That, you were saying something earlier that reminded me of... It's, it's something that I've lived by ever since I heard it. Pastor Tong um, said, the darkness is not some, a time to question what you learnt in the light. Mm. And you were talking a little bit about that before, mm. that in those seasons where we're just like, God, what are you doing? Mm. Keep practising the things that you knew to do when everything was hunky-dory. Mm and just hang in there. Like I think, it, um, is it Christine Kane who says, when you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, don't stop, keep walking. Mm. And yeah, that's, that was really encouraging. Yeah, there's a, there's a poem, actually, Mum and I were sharing it the other day that my grandmother wrote um, about the treasures in the darkness. Yeah. That even in the darkness, there's treasures that God yeah. wants to show us. Absolutely. And I think we want to avoid admitting that we're in dark places. Yeah. Um, it's not cool. Like we're supposed no. to all be walking in the light all the time. But I actually think mm. that God, you know, God wants to go after anxiety, yeah. depression, mental health. Absolutely. Um, being defeated because yep. we're victorious in him. Yeah. He didn't do everything that he's already done on the cross for us to walk around defeated all yeah. the time. Absolutely. Um, and so I think we, you know, wouldn't it be amazing if that's what you're going through, that we set that city on fire, yeah. that city of depression, anxiety, yeah. mental health problems, and just let that smoke signal yeah. go up to the enemy to say, we're victorious in God. Yeah. That's who he's made us. That's what we're stepping into. We're not going to walk in that. And that's not to say that we don't go through episodes where that's super hard to do. For sure. I'm, I'm testimony to you. You can't necessarily shake that just because yeah. you wake up one day and say, I'm going to shake it. Mm. Um, but I think there's something about keeping on holding on to that truth until it feels like yeah. that's the reality that you're walking in and absolutely. it will absolutely because he's faithful he's mm. especially I think when we have some promises whether they're through prophetic words or even if they're just through scripture mm. we have these promises over our life and if we can just cling on to them he will mm. we the word says he works all things together for good yeah. so even in that darkness yeah that's awesome was there anybody else that I overlooked with heads yes Mama. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a testimony to God and yeah. His goodness because. 
in my own strength, I'd still be a bumbling mess, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 That's it. Absolutely. But also too, Rama, with with shame, it isolates us and yeah. goes back to what we're talking about, the purpose of the body. Yeah. Um, when we come around each other and we don't hide that stuff mm. and we shine a light on it, that darkness can't stay there. That's right. Um, and so even if we're weak, that shame can't stay there. And mm. I think that's the thing that took me down for so long was trying to pretend that it wasn't happening. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. Anyone else? Yes. You say that you pretend that it's not happening. Okay. So I've had a situation in my life where I have I've gone through it okay, and I've asked my question and I've given everything back. I said, okay, God, you now take it and use your work because I can't anymore. Mm. I got the answers that I needed. I came back to where I needed to be present. And I kind of like take, took over a position on saying, right, fine, this is and this and this is what I need to do. But how do I step back because I've been other people in, I've been other in the house, but I've been too strong-willed by saying, okay, this is the plan that God set forward for me. This is what I need to do. So I'm trying to put everybody into. I'm trying to put everybody into the rule that I need them to be into. Okay. And then none of them want to actually listen. Yeah, I think I can end. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, even without God, our husbands and children don't do yeah. what we ask them in. Yeah. Let me give you something to think about and go back to God and ask him because I don't know necessarily that. But I do know that when, when um, Caleb and, and Joshua went into the promised land, they saw the potential. They were mm. like, I can see it. I can see it right now. God, this is going to be amazing. Like all these people can't see it, but we're ready. Let's go. Yeah. And then it, it was like, well, we're going to wait so long. What, what We're wandering around in this wilderness, you know, and then they... The problem was God's destiny for them wasn't the promised land. God's destiny for them was to be godly leaders, to bring the people with them. Mm. And they had them going across to the promised land and leaving the Israelites on the other side wandering around wasn't God's plan. 
God's plan was that he showed them first because he wanted them to lead in mm. a godly way, to lead them into that place of obedience with him and to prosper in a place where he had set for them. And I think the problem that we have, I had it too, I shared mm -hmm. that tonight. You know, God had showed me so many years ago. I was like, I've got it, thanks for the memo. I'll just get busy doing it. Yeah. And God went, no, you've got like loads of stuff to work out before anything gets busy here. Yeah. Um, but it can be because God deals with each of us gently. And sometimes we have to learn as, as passionate as we are to go after what God's shown us, we still have his timing. And he, mm. he sets us in families, he sets us in community to go together. He, he doesn't often, the calling on any one of us is community, is family, mm. it's not individual. So when Joshua in, 20, in chapter 24, is, he, he reads these speeches to all of the Israelites, reminding them of all of the legacy and everything that's happened. Mm -hmm. And he says, you have a choice. And he puts it at them. He says, I don't think you can serve God, right? So he's really in their face. He's saying, I don't think you can serve God. And they say, no, 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 we can, we can. And he says, well, for, as for me and my house. And in that day, the household wasn't just like the five people. Yeah. It was the extended community. As for us, we're going to serve our God. And he had to bring them all along. He would have been frustrated. He would have been like, I'm sure, you know, we've done it with Moses. We do it with Abraham. I'm sure we can get this. And they were mucking around. You know, like he, he was in their face, but he had to bring them along. That was his destiny, was to be that godly leader that would take them all with him. And that calling is awkward and uncomfortable mm. when others don't see it, want to resist it, whatever. But that's why God's put you there. And that's why he's given you that. You need lots of people around you to just yeah. pray for patience and godliness, yeah. um, to just exercise that. But he hasn't shown you for a mistake. That's He's not right. teasing you. Yeah. And you just got to lean into that. It's like you, you, it's like I'm now trying to pray for their, for their mm. And maybe that's the, the key. That is like, to me, it's just, and I know it just takes too slow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a real wrestle. Yeah, well, you know, it's at least not 40 years yet. Yeah. <laughs> so just hang in there. <laughs> Any other questions? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, um, just strikes me that what you're saying is the big help somewhat in surprise when you need to stop trying running out. Do I have permission to get in your face about this? I think the thing <laughs> is, like Joshua is saying, can we do this? That's the challenge God's yeah. giving to us. Yeah. Can we, can we do this? Because what that takes is for each of us to say, you know what, I'm actually going to put my offences down. Yeah. I'm going to leave them there and I'm going to let them stay in the city of AI and be burnt because it's not actually productive for what God wants. I'm going to leave my jealousy of other people's anointing. I'm going to put it down in that city and I'm going to let that be burnt up. I'm going to stop judging other people in their stretch because they look like they're going too slow and I'm just going to leave it in that city of AI. I'm going to let 
that stuff be a smoke signal? I mean, yeah. really, that's God's question to all of us, right? Are we, if we want that, if we're hungry for that, which is what God wants us to be hungry for, then what are we going to do about that hunger? Yeah. That's, our, that's each one of our choices every day. Just like it's our choice whether we want to be in that intimacy with God and we want to go to that place in his presence or we want to run away from that. Yeah. It's, it's our choice. And we can only be responsible for what we do ourselves. So, yeah, it's terrifying to come and put your baggage out there. But yeah. at the same time, it's freeing, right? Because yeah. then you've got nothing to hide. Because God's already said, I've got this destiny for you. I've already calculated that stuff about yeah. your brokenness and, you know, your depression and, you know, your mess up and that. But I've actually crushed all of that. Like, it's all good. And I've still got that destiny for you. It's not going nowhere. It's yeah. still there if you want to be obedient. And he said that to the Israelites, right? He said to them, if you want to be obedient to me, I'll give you AI. Mm. He says, if you want to be obedient to what I've asked you to be as a community, mm. I'll give you that authenticity. I'll give you that mm. support. I'll, you know, that I'll bless you with that. That'll be that experience of coming into River Life where people go, that is a family. Yeah. I feel safe. I don't feel judged. I don't have to be like anyone else and I'm celebrated for being all of who I am. But that's our choice. Yeah. All of us. Yeah. All the people that even aren't here. Yeah. And and that's a hard choice, but it's actually should be a freeing choice as well. Yeah. Yeah. Does that answer that question? Yes. Yeah. Awesome. That killed it. That's a good one, eh? That's <laughs> preach. Preach, sister. Oh, I love it. I am but I mean, who, who doesn't want that, right? Absolutely. Who doesn't want that? To be able to come and go, you know what? Every one of us has a mess. Yeah. But like we've heard so many times, every one of our messes, when God is glorified in it, is our message. If we've Absolutely. got nothing to say, we can say our testimony. Yeah. And our testimony is only as good as we give God the glory for everything That's he's done it. in our lives. Because yeah. let's face it, none of us really have our stuff together. No. So... Let's just be honest about that. Yeah. Did you have a hand? I was thinking about... Uh, <laughs> it's only a short comment, but it's something I once heard and it's always stuck with me, and it's what you can't talk about brings you. Absolutely. And I think that's just, yeah. It's so good. Yeah. Again, yeah. Like, Say it again and yell it out to everyone who may not have heard it in the back corner because it's really powerful. It's good. Um, what you can't talk about brings you. That's awesome. And the enemy wants to own you. Yeah. God wants to free you. So talk about it because he's already given you that forgiveness. Yeah. You're guaranteed of that. So yeah. just, yeah, don't keep it in there. Yeah. Yeah, I, that's, that's been on my heart for a long time for the women of this church. We, we're so um, blessed. We're such a rich community, so diverse, and not just culturally, but, but in talents and passions and age and all sorts of circumstance, everything. You name it, we've got it. And, and that should be, in, in the kingdom, that is a richness but when we, when we look at another person and we think, oh, I'm going to make these assumptions about you and therefore put you in this box and I can't and you have to and rah, 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 then we start pulling away from each other and for things that we're assuming and, and, and half the time aren't even true. And so I am so excited because I know that the call on our church, especially the women of this church, is that we would be a passionate family of women, that, that the love that we share for each other, that kind of unconditional, relentless love for each other, 
would be this, this flaming torch that the community outside of the walls of the church would see and experience and be like, something is different about them. What is it? I want to be there. Mm. And, um, yeah, I'm just so excited because you can feel that shift is happening. Mm. I don't know if there's any more questions, but I did feel like God wanted me to end tonight in a certain way. And I really feel like God was saying, whoever wants to stretch for him, to, re- to really embrace the fact that he's a full circle God, mm. to really grab a hold of the authority that you have because of what he's done for us mm. in that moment of being defeated, to just really pray over those people that feel that deeply in them. And mm. I, so I don't know if we're naturally coming to that time That's of great. the night, but I just feel like if you want that stretch, if you want that full circle experience with a God that where you've been most broken in your darkest spot, you want to come full circle through his, his grace, his gentleness and his authority and power over that situation. Mm. I just want to pray over you. <laughs> Might just need you to stretch up or something, do something that stretches you in some way, shape or form so that God really just sees that declaration. It's not for my purpose. It's just so that you really feel like you're responding to that. And just Joe and I both just want to pray yeah. over you. And yeah. Um, yeah. So how how would you like that to look? Do you want just um, you could just do whatever whatever is your stretch with God? And uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a good stretch. And um, yeah, I just want to I just want to pray over you because I really feel like um, we have to declare this in the in out loud and we just really have to come together and I just feel like what you were saying you know whatever we can't talk about owns us and I just feel like this season we've got 50 something percent of the church congregation is women and God didn't make us to be broken and weak he made us to be his daughters and we're under his strength we're powerful so I just feel like we just need to just stand in that space um, and God's got this new season this next part of your destiny that he wants to release for you so yeah just if you're around people who are stretching just stretch out your hands and pray over them and and let's just um, maybe Joe you can yep do you want to start and I'll finish so so just, we just want to pray for you. And just one last thing about other people's anointing. Sometimes when God's releasing promises in your life, because we're so used to competing against other people's anointing, we feel like it becomes a problem for us. So we're busy looking yeah. and going, someone else is stepping into their promises and somehow that's now a problem for me and it's hard for me to love and celebrate that. Yeah. I just feel like God's saying, don't forget, you have your place yeah. and no one else is sitting in it right so it's not a competition and that's what he really wants us to know and embrace absolutely i'd love to absolutely father god we um we just lift up our hearts to you now and we just celebrate that you are a beautiful full circle god i know i know it in my own life robin's shared so beautifully tonight that your power is always working for good in our lives so lord this evening as we lift up those places in our lives that that look dark and that look like defeat and look like we're stuck in them. Lord, would you just come into those places now? Holy Spirit, would you just touch each one of these ladies just in that, in that place that looks like it's irretrievable? Would you start to, to light that fire, Lord, that those, those embers would be fanned into flame? Holy Spirit, would you just breathe peace? 
Would you come and breathe restoration of dreams, of hopes, of relationship? Lord, would you empower us to forgive? Would you help us to bring to, bring to our mind, Lord, the people that we need to forgive? And would you help us just to let that go, Lord? Lord, as these beautiful daughters of yours stretch out their hands to you to lay down a fence, to lay down their dark space, to lay down their anxiety, their fears, to allow you to burn up anything that's not productive for you. Lord, I pray that you will create spiritual smoke signals that allow others to see change that's going on in their lives, Lord, that allows others to step into obedience, to courageously step forward and and follow in their their footsteps. Lord, I just, I pray for those that are holding the stretch right now and still feel pursued Mm -hmm. by whatever it is that's after them. Lord, I just pray that you would send your angels on assignment, strengthen them, bring community around them. Lord, as they look up and they see smoke signals from other people setting stuff on fire that that would be that point where they realize they can turn around and pursue back that stuff that's not of you because they have victory in you lord thank you so much for the fact that we can step into things that aren't things we've even toiled for and reap that benefit because you're a god who provides you're a god who resources we've got the resources of heaven behind us and we thank you for that lord and we just pray you would give us eyes to see how to tap into that we have have ears to hear your audible call, Lord. When you say pivot, that we'd be responsive. That you, When you say wait, that we'd be obedient, mm-hmm. Lord. I just pray that you would release people into the next stage of their, of walking out in faith, their destiny that you've designed for them. Lord, I pray that we would be a church known for not having this weird sort of jealousy or competitiveness between Mm. women but Mm. it would be such an example for the way you've designed women to come together to Mm. support their their marriages to support their children to support each other to support their daughters to to rise up and be strong too lord so we just thank you for this time we thank you for what you're Mm. doing in people's lives we thank you for what we've learned here together as a community and lord we just pray for an amazing season where we can be missional in heart we can reach out and we can and um, go into that promised land mm. for the purposes of, of thriving and bringing your ways um, mm. to people who don't know them, Lord, yeah. as the Israelites when they moved in. Mm. So thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray these things. Oh, Lord, we just speak a blessing over Robin mm. as an individual, as a daughter of yours, but also as a, as a wife and a mum, but, Lord, particularly as well within our church family with this new role that she has. Lord, we just... We just ask that you would pour out your favour. We know she's already experienced what it is to see your unmerited favour in her workplace, but Lord, we just release a double portion of that now, that as she puts into practice all the things that you have built into her over all of these years, Lord, that you would just, um, that as that hinge would work, like a door can't open without a hinge. A door is completely useless in place without a hinge. So Lord, would you um, just release this next season and that it would just be such an exciting time of seeing just incredible fruit for years and years of investing and years and years of stretch. Lord, would you just um, breathe upon her? Would you give her deep rest as she sleeps? And would you just bless her in this new season as she steps out confidently in a, a new stretch ahead, Lord, that you would just hold her arm out for her and, yeah, that we would see amazing fruit come from that time. Lord, would you bless her in Jesus' name? Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Robbie.
Thank you, ladies.